0: holiday season, families are seeing lower prices on everyday items from gas to groceries. Since 2019, that'd be just before the pandemic, the price of Thanksgiving dinner has shot up 25%. In
1: fact, as a share of earnings this Thanksgiving, dinner was the fourth cheapest ever on record. I want you all to know that.
2: <laughs> At the grocery store, shoppers continue to grapple with stubborn inflation. Canned cranberries cost 60% more, canned pumpkin prices have spiked 30%, and russet potatoes are up 14%. How
0: you doing, people? I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's November 29th, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. If you want to join us for the post-game show, share your comments, ask me questions, poke fun at the fine gentleman in this room. It's rubinreport.locals.com. Before I get to uh, the top of the show today, I just wanna say something really, really nice just happened about 20 minutes ago uh, before I got into the studio today. We are, you know, we're in our new studio that we've been in since September. And the studio that I've been in since we moved to Florida, now it's almost two years ago, two years ago in two weeks, which is just crazy. Uh, we were in, we were upstairs in my house in what was a movie theater previously in this house. So it was a totally soundproof room with no windows or anything, and we just used a digital screen behind me of my old set that we had back in Los Angeles. And the hope was that when we had enough time, and obviously with kids and everything else, we just we would eventually build out this proper studio, which we now have done. Anyway, we're right now in the process of converting it back to a movie theater, and there's a, a tech guy upstairs. Uh, who we brought in to do some wiring and some lighting and things. And I went upstairs just to say hi to him, see how the work's going. Uh, And he came up to me and he said, Dave, I just want you to know, I'm such a big fan of yours and I know this is going to sound crazy, uh, but I moved to Florida because of you. I used to live in Los Angeles just like you did. And I moved, I moved my business and now I'm thriving out here and I'm so happy. And then he busted out his phone and he showed me an email that he sent me about a year and a half ago which I don't even know that I ever saw. A lot of things just get lost in the shuffle when it comes to emails and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm sure my assistant saw it, Um, but showed me an email where he was like, Dave, I think I'm gonna move because you move and I I hope I can go to Florida and I'm gonna have to, it's gonna be tough, but I'm gonna make it work and blah, blah. And now he's just thriving and he's thrilled to be helping us out with all this stuff. And I was immediately like, well, I got 20 other projects for you. And anyway, I thought that would be a nice little way to start the day today, because yes, if you take some autonomy Uh, over your life and you make some decisions for yourself, you actually can not just survive, uh, but thrive in this crazy world. Uh, One of the best ways to thrive, and this will get us to our theme of the show today, is to not give too much power to the government. So you may remember our cold open yesterday was uh, our education secretary, Miguel Cardona, completely 180 reverse misquoting Ronald Reagan with his famous quote about the eight words, the eight scariest words in the English language, right? Uh, We're gonna show you the full clip and some other things, but the theme today is really gonna be about that, that every time the government gets involved in anything, they screw it up. There are almost no examples, at least in the last 50 years, of the government doing anything and making things better, whether it's at the federal level when it comes to our immigration, whether it's at the local level when it comes to our blue cities, or whether it's at the cultural level and everything else, you guys get it, that's what we're doing today. So let's just dive right into it. So first off, here is Secretary of Education, Lord help us all, Miguel Cardona, incorrectly quoting Ronald
3: Reagan. You know, we're gonna set up follow-up calls with every governor we met with to make sure we're available. Um, as uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government, we're here to help. Um, there's. There are resources there, there's technical assistance there, and there's a playbook that could support the work you're doing. Count on us as a partner in this. Our students are waiting. Thank you.
0: Oh, Miguel, Miguel, Miguel. He kind of did say that, but he said it was the scariest thing that they could say. Our fun little meme makers here at the Rubin Report put this together.
3: Um, As uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. Surely you can't be serious.
1: I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from
2: the government and I'm here to help.
0: Do you see that there's a little bit of a distinction between those two things? One is, uh, yeah, we're here to help, this is great, and one is it's literally the scariest thing that can happen. Like, when the government shows up at your door, it's usually not a good thing. What is the government particularly good at? I do not know. My friend Russell Brand over on his show on Rumble, uh, he went off on this sheer ridiculousness.
4: Now, what Reagan actually said, as I recall, was the most terrifying words any American can hear are... I'm from the government, I'm here to help. Like, you don't want the government helping. That's the opposite of the meaning of the quote. That's like saying, I remember Martin Luther King, I have a dream. I dream that there's gonna just be race wars all over the world, no one will ever get on. They'll sit down at the table of brotherhood and have a massive black people versus white people fight. That's the dream. Anyway, or Winston Churchill saying, we will surrender on the beaches. We will capitulate on the airstrips. We're gonna lie down and take this. You better find your inner Martin Luther King. You better find your inner Churchill, because let me tell you who's not going to help evoke that spirit. The globalist establishment that wants you dumb and distracted and to misremember quotes.
0: Yes, Russell, that is correct. I will send you a text after to give you a thumbs up. Um, Not only is that correct, but it's actually uh, the reverse of what the government is doing today because this government right now thinks that they can help you with everything and they seem to be mucking up absolutely everything. And of course, we can connect that directly to the elderly man pretending to be President Joe Biden. Here's just a little compilation of Joe often telling you how much he and the government are going to help you.
1: Let me be the clearest on this point. Help is on the way. Help is here. We're here to help all the people in this country. Help is here. Help is here. Help is here. Let me be clearest on this point. Help is on the way. We can get you help now. We can get you help now. Help is here. And more help is on the way. And more help is needed. Help is on the way, help is on the way. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. And I guess it's becoming an overused phrase. That help was on the way. Help! 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 Help is here.
0: Lord, help us all. That's basically where we're at at this point. But you get the fundamental um, disagreement here. There is a set of people that think that the government is supposed to exist to help you. That this giant structure that you fund will just help the people. It will take from some, give to other, it'll order things correctly and do the right things for the people. I tend to think, and I think most of you think this, that especially if we were only to look at the last three years, very post Ronald Reagan, let's say, if you were to look at the last three years of what happened during COVID, was the government out there to help you when the government locked you in your house and the government didn't let you go to work and the government forced you to be injected with things and all of the other stuff, were they helping you? Were they looking out for your best interests? Do you think the CDC or the NIH or Joe Biden or the people who demand more of your tax money as they literate it away on nonsensical gender programs and everything else, are they really there to help you? Or is the is what Ronald Reagan actually said the correct thing, that the nine scariest words in the English language are, I'm from the government, I'm here to help. If someone from the government showed up at your house today, would you consider that a good thing or a bad thing? Most likely it would be a bad thing. Like what would, I'm even really, like what would be the good, if the government showed up at your house, the government knocked on the door of your apartment, what would be a good, Phoenix, there's a there's a chemical uh, spill. We're here to carry you out and bring that. That might be one. What else could it be? The, the aliens have invaded. We're here to take you to safety, which most likely, like, that's not going to work either. Like, there's the point is they muck up everything because the government has become just this giant sucking machine. It sucks money. It sucks. It sucks the human mind, right? You think the best and the brightest are going to work at the government right now? It's what I always say about when they want, you know, the government, government regulators, to regulate Google and everything else. Now, I think there's reasons that these companies have uh, gotten too big, and that there's perhaps something we can do about it, maybe with antitrust or something. But the idea that a, imagine a government regulator, a guy puts on his you know plastic hat and he walks into the Google office, and I'm from the government and I'm here to look at the algorithm. And then they walk him into the room, and I don't know what it is. It's a big glowing laser or whatever the hell the algorithm is at this point. You get it. Like he's like, oh, look at you, I'm gonna fix that. I'm a government regulator making $62,000 a year. You guys get it. So this is gonna be the theme throughout the show because we're just gonna show you how they have systematically destroyed cities, states, and how they are trying to destroy this country. And yes, this is now happening all over the world. So instead of lecturing you on political philosophy today, I don't wanna lecture you today. I'm just gonna simply show you why it's dangerous to re- rely on the government and why it's dangerous to elect leaders who think it's their duty to be your dad. You have a dad, or you might have had a dad, or you got somebody that cares about you more than the government. I promise you that. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, let me talk to you about my Patriot Supply. Guys, it's clear. The unthinkable is here. Our most trusted institutions now deceive us every single day. Something's clearly wrong, and it's time. Uh, Time is short to become more self reliant and secure for the future of your family. Act today with My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the country's largest preparedness company, and they're more than equipped to stock your shelves. Their best selling three month emergency food kit provides delicious breakfasts and lunches and dinners that last up to 70, uh, 25 years in storage. These kits provide over 2,000 calories every day and are simple to prepare. Just add water and heat, then eat. Make sure every member of your family has a three-month food kit from My Patriot Supply. Go now to my special website, that's PrepareWithRuben.com. Order by three p.m. today, and your food kit ships fast on the same day with free shipping. It's best not—it's best to have emergency food and not need it, than to need it and not have it. That's PrepareWithRuben.com. PrepareWithRuben.com. And now back to me. This whole episode, this whole show, is going to show you why you need to prepare with Reuben. I wanna show you a tweet from uh, Senator Mike Lee from Utah. Now, Senator Mike Lee, he's largely a libertarian. I've had him on the show a couple of times. Uh, He's a nice guy and he is a patriot and he cares deeply about America. He retweeted Tom Cotton. So let me read you the Tom Cotton uh, tweet first. He wrote, Tom Cotton wrote in the spring of 1945, we did much, much worse in Dresden and Tokyo than anything Israel has done in Gaza. And it was justified the Biden administration is in overdrive to pressure Israel not to take the steps necessary to deal with the existential terror threat. From Hamas, uh, Mike Lee then retweeted that and wrote, we're lucky Biden wasn't our president during World War II. Now, the way I'm linking that to what I started with today, of course, is that they tell you that they're from the government and they're here to help. But it seems to me that every time our government gets involved in anything, and I think you can definitely connect this to what's happening with Israel and Hamas right now, where we're doing this strange equivocation of the two sides. We're clearly putting pressure on Israel not to topple Hamas. uh, I think people are starting to see through that. Sometimes you do have to win a war, right? I'm not calling for American troops to be in the Middle East. I'm calling for uh, diplomatic support. We can have some military support if needed, right? I mean, there are agreements that are already in place related to all of that. Uh, But the government, the more it gets involved, seems to just screw everything up. So now I wanna show you what's going on in Oakland right now. This is absolutely wild. The Oakland City Council, Oakland, California, uh, voted for a resolution to call for a ceasefire uh, between Israel and Hamas. I don't know what the people of Oakland think that the government is for, or that they have any right to be telling another nation what to do, or do they have any of their own problems in Oakland or anything else. But anyway, they voted 8-0 to demand that Israel, now they're, they, they're roughly, I don't know, it's gotta be 8,000 miles away from Israel, but the people of Oakland voted, or the city council of Oakland voted 8-0 to call for a ceasefire one city council member uh, then tried to insert language in it at least to just condemn hamas. She knew that it was not going to happen that you know they were going to actually not vote for this thing but they tried to at least put a little language in there just condemning hamas. Now I want to show you this is about 45 seconds or so of the reaction of some of the Oakland citizens when all they wanted to put into the thing, they were gonna call for a ceasefire no matter what, was just a little mild condemnation of the terror group Hamas. Enjoy.
4: There's not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous, racist, and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat. I support the right of Palestinians
0: to resist occupation, including through Hamas, the armed wing of the unified Palestinian resistance.
2: As an Arab, asking with this context to condemn Hamas is very anti-Arab racist
4: notion that this was a massacre of Jews is a fabricated narrative. Many of those killed on October Thank 7th, you, ma'am. Your time is up. including children, were killed by the IDF. An amendment condemning Hamas is bald propaganda meant to... Thank you, your time is up. To hear them complain about Hamas violence is like listening to a wife, Peter, complain when his wife finally stands up and fights back. Question. Did anyone else notice that those who oppose this resolution are old white supremacists? There's been
0: a
3: lot of atrocity propaganda raging from claims of beheaded babies to mass rape.
0: Hamas is
2: not a terrorist organization just because the US and Israel um, deems it so. Hamas is a resistance organization that is fighting for the liberation of Palestinian people and their land.
0: Okay. I don't think we need to parse through all the ridiculous things that those people said. And, and it's another example how TikTok and algorithms have broken people's brains and our education system has absolutely failed young people and how radical the base of the Democrat party has got. But again, I wanna connect this to where we started. I'm from the government, I'm here to help. The Oakland government, which has plenty of problems in Oakland, we're about to get to that, decides to vote, waste a moment, waste one second of the day on a nonsensical vote having nothing to do with anything relative to the, to the lives of the people of Oakland. Then one person tries to say something roughly same, I don't know, Hamas, not great people. And then these clowns get up there. This is a giant waste of time. It is a waste of money. And now let's go to things that are actually happening in Oakland right now. Here's a tweet from a Hollywood actor. I don't know that he's considered an actor anymore because I don't think he can work anymore because he's a conservative, but Hollywood actor uh, James Woods posted this yesterday. Uh, here's Oakland. FYI, and this is similar to what's happening, of course, in San Francisco and LA. I mean, look at that, that is America. That is a once great city of Oakland. Uh, But we've got more. Here is video of a massive homeless camp that went on fire and is burning the 880 freeway in Oakland, California. Holy
4: y'all. Okay, so I'm gonna drive through the fire. Jesus. Holy the whole bridge is on fire holy sh- I'm scared I
0: mean do we keep driving No, you don't keep driving. What are you doing? I get it. Everyone wants clicks. Do I drive into the abyss? <laughs> like are we live streaming this? Cuz if I have to post it after I'm dead, that's going to be a problem. Anyway, you might remember that, what was it, about three weeks ago, the 10 Freeway, which is a huge freeway in Los Angeles, also was burning because of an LA homeless encampment underneath the freeway. It is still closed now. So, LA, homeless encampments burning, roads closed, Oakland, same exact thing. Um, Here's uh, some other stuff happening in Oakland. This is just over the weekend. think that's legal. <laughs> that would not fly in Miami. You know what I mean? That would not fly in a place where people believe that there was law and order or that if you do something illegal or if you steal $700 worth of stuff from a drugstore that you might get in trouble. You guys get all that. Now I wanted to show you a little more info. Again, and I'm relating this all to the nonsense that those dingbats were doing in the Oakland that they they're voting on, on whether Israel should defend itself from people committed to their destruction. Meanwhile, this is what's happening in their uh, in their city. This is info from the Oakland PD. This is a chart that shows criminal incidences where people get violently assaulted, robbed, or murdered. And uh, yeah, you don't have to be a scientist to note that that is going up. Uh, Let me read this from Recall Pamela Price. Pamela Price is the lefty, of course, progressive district attorney, a shocker, a progressive district attorney destroying a city. Crime in Oakland, once again, Pam Price demonstrates her job effectiveness. The chart shows criminal incidences where people get violently assaulted, robbed, murdered, et cetera, data doesn't lie, Pam Price. uh, And yes, this all exploded just a couple weeks after she took office in January. Uh, 2023. It is also worth noting that the Oakland A's, remember the Oakland A's from back in my baseball days, what, 1989 with Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire? Was that 89? What year was that World Series against the, uh, was it 89? I think it was 89 against the San Francisco Giants, Will Clark and uh, Mitchell, that was the center fielder, I think. I think that was 89 with the year of the the, uh, earthquake. Anyway, the Oakland A's baseball team, They're leaving Oakland. This is just from a couple days ago. They are moving to Las Vegas. Las Vegas, oddly, a place of law and order. You don't really think about that when you think about Vegas, but yes, uh, they are moving because people cannot live in Oakland anymore because they are mostly focused on whether the Jews 8,000 miles away are going to defend themselves or not. Anyway, uh, here's video uh, back in 2021. Gavin Newsom, who was, uh, was and still is the governor of California. Uh, He was attacked by a homeless man when he went to Oakland. I kind of dig this guy. Uh, And here's this video of the aftermath of that. So you know that guy had his reasons, I'm sure. But speaking of Newsom, Newsom, he is the perfect example of what I am talking about when I tell you that if you think the government is here to help you, your head is on a little screwy. Let's say. Uh, I now want to show you a video of 2008. I think we've shown this once or twice before over the years. Uh, this is then San Francisco Mayor Gavin Newsom presenting his 10-year plan to end homelessness. Now, I don't have my abacus here, but 10 years after 2008, that would be 2018. Did that right off the top of my head. Uh, We are now in 2023, rolling into 24. I don't think this all worked out, but take a look for yourself, again, 2008.
2: We believe fundamentally that food solves hunger, that shelters solve sleep, and that housing solves homelessness. And if we're gonna solve the problem, Uh, of those that are out on the streets that we define as homeless, we better solve the housing problem if we're going to have an impact. And that's why we established this framework, what we call a 10-year plan to end chronic homelessness in San Francisco.
0: You did not end chronic homelessness in San Francisco, you dullard. You, 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 what's, give me a, give me a word on this one. You, you, yeah, you did not do that. Okay. You didn't do that. Um, The very notion that a lack of housing causes homelessness is kind of insane. Now, first off, the market usually allows for homes to be built, right? When people start moving to a place, then home builders come, then more infrastructure gets put in. It's not to say like, again, here, what do I always tell you about Florida? Some of the, the struggles of Florida right now are due to our success. So many people have come here that housing prices have gone up, so there is a scarcity of houses, but now what's happening? We have tons of home builders uh, coming in right now. I can tell you with just where I live, if you were to take 10 square blocks, there are probably, I kid you not, there are probably 40 houses being built. They're knocking down things, they're building new ones. The infrastructure projects, DeSantis has moved seven. I think he told me it was seven, seven uh, seven, 20 year projects were moved up to, to be seven year projects. So they were going to take 20 some odd years to do for these infrastructure projects, roads, things of that nature. and he made them all seven year projects because of success. The idea that homelessness, is just because there isn't enough housing is absolutely insane. When you see most of those people, when we show you those homeless encampments, when you see what's going on on San Francisco streets and everywhere else, does it look like those people are just struggling because they can't find a home, because they can't get into a, house because they can't rent a condo? Or is it because of drugs? Is it because of mental health? Is it because of economic conditions that the Democrats leave so that people can't get decent jobs and then they're frustrated with their lives and then they turn to drugs and other things of that nature? Uh, But here's some data from Stanford's Institute for Economic Policy Research. San Francisco, you'll love this one, guys. Uh, They built no new shelters during their 10-year period plan. So that was the 10 years, look at this, the 10 years following Gavin Newsom's 10-year plan, they built none, and then what happened? They started building shelters and homelessness went up. How about that? Uh, We've got some California state homeless point-in-time counts. In 2004, there were 140,000 homeless in Cali. 2014, there were 110, 2018, Uh, with Newsom now as governor, 130. And as of last year, 2022, there are 160,000 plus. Uh, What's also interesting, so what you're seeing, of course, on that chart is Cali is the red one. So you can see it's just exploding under Newsom and going up. You see that kind of, is it greenish one, kind of right there, the third one from the top? That's Florida. Florida's on the way down. How bizarre, how bizarre a state with no income tax, a state that welcomes people to come here and then figure out how they wanna live and not give them a crazy amount of regulation when they open up a new business and create the conditions for people to thrive. Homelessness goes down. So it has nothing to do with the amount of homes, but Newsom has been lying and gaslighting people on this forever, right? Because he's from the government and he's here to help. But when he says help, he means destroy. He means he will become super rich. He's worth about 50 million bucks. Didn't close his winery in Napa during COVID when he closed everybody else's, Uh, but he's been, he just lies about everything and he does it really slickly. He's a great liar. I, I will give him credit where credit is due. Uh, Here he is, you may remember this one, Uh, this is about two months ago, explaining why uh, there are no businesses left in San Francisco.
2: See what's happening there. We do see businesses moving out for various reasons, but some of them saying they're concerned about the crime in the area. When you see that happening to your beloved city, What goes through your mind, and do you think something's going wrong there? I think they're they're struggling to recover from the pandemic. They're struggling uh, to come back. They're struggling with the the, the macroeconomic shifts, particularly as it relates to uh, telework, as it relates to what's the future of a downtown. Is it stacking of offices or stacking of people? And they're in the process of rezoning and rebirth and reimagination. By the way, I've seen that in San Francisco for decades.
0: Yeah, it's just words. It's just words. And I get it, dude. Your suit fits well. The slime in your hair is good. I get it. The work on your teeth, you've done it all right, right? And and I get that they'll probably figure out a way to get old bones out of the way and make you the nominee and all of that stuff. But every, it's all just meaningless, right? Oh, it's post-COVID whatever. Why aren't we having that here? Why is it that everywhere you go in Florida? And I look, I'm in Miami, which is obviously one of the most thriving cities in the entire world or certainly the most thriving in America right now, but you can go virtually anywhere in Florida and there are stores opening everywhere. There are people moving everywhere, roads being built everywhere. Do we not have the same macroeconomic trends? Do we not have the same uh, post COVID hangover? Well, actually we don't because Florida treated COVID a bit differently. Uh, anyway, there was a very, very popular Whole Foods. Now, Whole Foods, when a Whole Foods moves into your neighborhood, you know things are going well, right? Whole Foods was used to be like an elite, elite, supermarket, then Amazon purchased it, but it's still considered on the high end. They used to, the joke about Whole Foods was it was whole paycheck foods, cause it's not cheap. So it's like if Whole Foods moves into your neighborhood, it's like a Starbucks moving in. It shows that, oh, there's things happening. Now, unfortunately a certain set of people call that gentrification and they don't want nice things moving into their neighborhood. Uh, but one of the most popular Whole Foods in all of San Francisco uh, just closed. And uh, well, Newsom had a thought on that too.
2: Whole Foods did shut down one business, but there was a bad location to begin with. They're opening a new one. We have 27 was out here recently with a 2. team. And I said, it's don't bad. go to the wharf. Certain parts are bad. And we own that. And I just put the National Guard and the CHP yeah. down there.
0: And it's just Band-Aid over bullshit with this guy. It never stops. They close, they're going to open another one. You, again, go to the wharf. Well, don't go to the wharf in San Francisco. Go anywhere else. Go to Miami Beach. Like, Go anywhere else. Don't go to those places. And and by the way, people are not. And baseball teams are leaving his state and everything else. Um, Here he is. We're just on a roll. We're on a Gavin Newsom roll. By the way, tomorrow, it's tomorrow, right? Gavin Newsom will be debating uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, which we will cover obviously on Friday. Here's Gavin Newsom in 2007, uh, blaming the violent assault of a Yale singing group on underage drinking.
2: Um, uh, so I'm asking about the attack on the Yale students over New Year's, and you know, it's kind of spreading across the country. A couple other, some news outlets and other countries are picking it up. Uh, and it's a good reminder how important it is to remind uh, our parents to be good stewards uh, of, uh, of underage drinking. I appreciate that. The only other question I have is it hasn't been a very uh, easy week for you, and I wonder whether you have any comment on the Mattia and Roth story about the drinking thank you very much that was a great cheat shot you can't help yourself you cannot just know for the record it's it's increasingly impossible to have a conversation mayor's mayor was out there Uh, you know you just so just know it's not personal when i walk by you. you just send some other reporters it's going to be a lot easier now
0: all right, what he's very upset about there is the question was related to his own drinking. Uh, and uh, a few weeks after that, uh, well, it was first found out that he was drinking with a 20-year-old girlfriend. And a few weeks after that, he checked into rehab or alcohol, which he now denies, right? But it's like fully out there. You can Google it yourself. Let's just do a little bit more on good old Gav Newsom in April of 2020, uh, as the country was falling apart because of COVID lockdowns and everything else, and Cali was like the epicenter of all of that nonsense in America, uh, he was mostly concerned with aid or illegal immigrants, who again, are not citizens, don't pay taxes, only take, and by very definition of them being here, are breaking law.
2: Uh, We feel a deep sense of gratitude uh, for people that are in fear of deportation, but are still addressing the essential needs of tens of millions of Californians. And that's why uh, I'm proud as governor to be the first state to announce a program uh, for direct disaster assistance to those individuals. Uh, We're putting up $75 million in partnership with philanthropy. Philanthropy is matching our efforts, not dollar for dollar, but they're putting in an additional $50 million to support our efforts. So a total of $125 million to provide individual assistance of $500, and household assistance up to $1,000 for those individuals uh, that are quite literally uh, putting themselves on the line uh, and helping support uh, this economy and those most in need at this moment.
0: Where did we start today? I'm from the government and I'm here to help. We have now laid out a case of how this alcoholic lunatic, and I would say uh, generally um, psychotic, like there's something psychotic about this man. He is not, something is not right with this guy, right? We can all see through it. He is the bad guy in a Disney movie. Do you ever see the Disney movie Robots? You guys remember the movie Robots from like 20 years ago? He's the bad guy. Greg Kinnear played a bad guy, a bad guy robot in a slick suit. If you haven't seen the movie, well, I don't wanna watch it. I do watch a Disney movie. Probably, probably transed up now. But anyway, you see what he was doing there? The government in the height of COVID, right? This is like two months into COVID. All of the things that they had done to destroy businesses. And what was he mostly concerned about? That these illegal immigrants should get $500 for individuals and 1000 for families. It is nice that I guess he has some of it from private donors. I guess that's kind of nice. So thank you. If that actually makes the argument more so that individual donors know what to do with their money more than the government does. Uh, but uh, here's another one with Newsom. We are on a Newsom roll. Do I have to apologize to, for everybody to showing so many Newsom quotes in one show? Yeah. No, we have no view quotes. We have no view clips today. So that's pretty good. Anyway, here's Newsom blaming uh, Trump's immigration policies for people Fleeing, uh California, which just don't understand. Go. No. Are more people leaving California for Texas? Or leaving Texas for California?
2: Well, we lost about 182,000 folks in the last... But
0: census. how do you explain that
2: <clears throat> against the backdrop of those very remarkable statistics you just cited? Uh, many factors, and there's been two deep analysis that drives the number one factor. The, almost, the, the vast majority, almost the entire amount, impacted because of the visa policies in the Trump administration. I mean, our formula for success is getting first round draft choice from the rest of the world. I mean, we're as dumb as we want to be. This whole damn border debate is made up. It's made up. Where's Congress? Where the hell are they? They haven't done their job.
0: The border debate is made up. He, he is American Psycho. Remember Christian Bale in American Psycho? That is that man. I don't want you to watch robots at the Disney movie. Go watch American Psycho or read the book, but you gotta watch it because because Bell looks just like him, the hair, everything. But anyway, the smug way, the body language, the border is made up. By the way, it's almost a million people since COVID. So it's now three years, roughly, since COVID. We're almost into the fourth year. It's almost a million people that have left California. Do anyone watching this, does anyone know anyone who has moved to California? I literally met a man in my own house today, this morning, who left California. That's odd or not odd, because the numbers would bear it out. Um, Let's get a little data from the Migration Policy Institute. You know how many unauthorized, aka illegal immigrants, there are in California right now? 2.8 million. Two, uh, really think about that. That is a small nation's worth of people that are illegal in California right now. By the very nature of them being there, they are breaking the law, they are then taking from the people who produce, the taxpayer. You, if you're watching this in Cali, you go to work every day. The government comes in, they take your money. The federal government comes in and takes federal taxes. The state government takes income tax and you have payroll tax and all of those other things. And then they give services to people who aren't even supposed to be here in the first place. And then at the same time, you look at your roads and your roads are crumbling. Your policing's not that good. There's drug use everywhere, et cetera. It could really drive you to use drugs, I suppose. You know, I really think it could. Um, Anyway, here's uh, Newsom and then later Joe Biden uh, explaining that, uh, well, policies that have created the border crisis kind of have nothing to do with it.
2: So let's just state the facts. We are currently experiencing the lowest number of border crossings since 1971. In California, like our nation, our undocumented population is at the lowest level in more than a decade.
1: Mr. Vice President, under the Trump administration, asylum has virtually ended. ICE detention centers are practically empty. Uh, uh, Your new plan calls for reversing President Trump's harsh plan. But won't that restart a brand new border crisis? I mean, what, what would you do with all those people in camps now waiting in Mexico? It it will if we don't do it well, we don't reach out to the to the the communities that are willing to the charitable communities that will come in and help. and, And in addition to us spending millions of dollars providing for access, access for judges, access for asylum folks to be on the border, to move.
0: It's just crazy words offered up by Joe Biden. And we all know, I like the way they made that meme where you're seeing the people roll in as he's just saying words. I should clarify that when, when at the beginning of that, when we showed you the, the Newsom part, that's 2019. And he's like, yeah, we're doing all right at the border. Who, who was president in 2019? Does anyone have a, I, I don't have my abacus here. I don't have my thesaurus. It was the orange guy. Yeah, it was the orange guy. Anyway, are there consequences when uh, people like Joe Biden and people like Gavin Newsom become presidents and governors? Do you think there are consequences to that? Um, Here's Fox yesterday uh, showing us a bit more about what's happening at our border. This compared to the group that you're seeing here, as a steady stream of migrants continue to head to Eagle Pass. This train was seen leaving central Mexico yesterday and is expected to arrive in the city across from
2: me this week. I want to bring in Lieutenant Chris Olivares. You brought us along last night. We saw that video of the train there. Do we know when that train is expected to arrive and what happens when it does arrive to the city just across
0: from us?
3: Well, typically what we see when we see these type of caravans, the method of transportation is usually
0: trains. So once they make it to the northern part of Mexico, they'll get broken up into smaller groups and then we'll see them cross between the ports of entry. Now, we do expect the train to arrive very soon, but of course, we've been seeing a constant flow here in Eagle Pass, with illegal immigrants crossing between ports of entry. And when you talk about the gotaways, you talk about the sheer number of people that are crossing. Well, the, the, the taxpayer, the communities
3: here in, in Eagle Pass are having to shoulder that burden and it's our responsibility as a state to try to prevent some of these legal crossings but as long as the federal government continues to incentivize illegal immigration we're going to continue seeing this flow of illegal immigration between ports of entry and also these trains and caravans making their way to the border.
2: Stewart we have new numbers a new report from the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security Majority they say the price tag per year is 451 billion dollars that is both for the housing and care of the asylum seekers as well as those known godways.
0: Did you catch that? Did you notice what was on that guy's shoulder on his uniform there? State police. He's not supposed to be worrying about the border. The federal government is supposed to be worrying about the border. When Ron DeSantis says we're gonna send the army down to the border, that sounds pretty freaking good to me. Uh, Even Fox, by the way, Fox, which is actually covering this stuff, right? They're not gonna cover this on MSNBC. They're not gonna cover it on CNN. But the way they casually cover it like oh and there's a train going and there's a whole bunch of people on that train and they're on their way to the border and it's just like like these things are just supposed to happen. A, a country is supposed to be invaded and look at all of these nice people and then of course, it always ends up for some bizarro reason all of the people fleeing the oppression always appear to be sort of well-fed decently dressed men in their 20s to 40s. I don't know where all the chicks are. I don't know where all the tired and the poor and the huddled masses are, where it's old grandma with one suitcase. Here's what's going on in the East Village of New York City. This is literally yesterday, illegal immigrants. Online to get some of your stuff. Yeah. Not one chick? That's weird. Not one old person, not one baby, not one kid. It's just all dudes who kind of look like, I don't know, maybe Hamas fighter age. Do we have any freaking idea who is entering this country? And how stupid do you have to be? It's going to sound a little harsh for me to say that sentence this way. If you still live in New York City and you're seeing that in your neighborhood, East Village used to be cool and hip and like funky, and that's where comedy, stand-up comedy in America was born, and it's and like music and Bob Dylan, like it was just such a great, interesting area, the Lower East Side. And now it's like being overrun. And, and if you live there and you are still allowing them to take your dollars to do that, like at some point the rubber hits the road and then you just kind of deserve what you get. And, and what you're gonna get is not gonna be good, I hate to tell you. Um, but their cities burned and they collapsed. And of course, again, these are always Democrat-run cities and, and it never fails. So now I wanna show you a tweet uh, by Alex Soros. Alex Soros is the son of George Soros and George Soros is now like 187 years old. So Alex is running a lot of the uh, Soros evil operations. Uh, from Cobra Mountain somewhere. Uh, He tweeted this uh, article out and it was, where are murder rates actually higher? Not in progressive cities. Uh, He got community note fact checked on that. You guys know community notes is the fact checking apparatus that Twitter now has, which is why so many people are angry at Twitter because they can actually fact check in real time. And check this out, community notes. The five cities with the highest murder rate and their mayors are St. Louis, Missouri. Tashara Jones, Democrat. Baltimore, Maryland, Brandon Scott, Democrat. New Orleans, Louisiana, LaToya Cantrell, Democrat. Detroit, Michigan, Mike Dugan, Democrat. Cleveland, Ohio, Justin Bibb, Democrat. Do you see a theme? I think you do. Now I wanna show you a national treasure. You guys know Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana. There was a hearing in the Senate about Shootings, death, Chicago, they got all these laws in Chicago. Don't shoot people here. We put up a sign, it's a gun-free zone. We have this law, it says don't do that. Why do people keep doing these things? How many people were shot in Chicago? We're gonna check the numbers while I show you this video, so uh, we'll get the numbers on Chicago shootings uh, this past weekend, but here's John Kennedy asking uh, doctor, her name is Dr. Megan Ranny of the Yale School of Public Health, uh, why it is that Chicago has uh, become just a crazy shooting palooza.
4: Let me ask you this. Why do you think that Chicago has become America's largest outdoor shooting range? Do you think it's because of Chicago citizens uh, who have no criminal record, but, but who have a, a awfully a gun in their home for protection, or perhaps for hunting, or do you think it's because of a finite group of criminals who have rap sheets as long as King Kong's arm?
2: So, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Missouri actually have higher firearm death rates. Um, obviously, there's certain- What about Chicago? So, I don't live in Chicago. It's not my primary area of research.
4: You don't have an opinion on that?
2: I think there's easy access to firearms compared with, combined with environmental conditions, uh, lack of great education. There have actually been studies showing that when you green vacant lots and repair abandoned buildings in urban neighborhoods, you see decreases in gunshots, in violence, as well as in stress and depression in the neighborhoods around them.
4: No disrespect, Doc, but that sounds a lot like word salad to me.
0: He's just great. He's just great. Like she, it's just nothing. I'm a doctor. I'm an expert in nonsensical drivel. Everyone knows the people. Every freaking weekend, the people that are out shooting people in Chicago, they are not the decent, law-abiding citizens of Chicago. We actually ran the numbers on Chicago this weekend and it was a very happy Thanksgiving weekend over there because only 14 people were shot, seven were killed. Uh, Seven of those people who were shot uh, were teenagers and a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old are dead, but relatively speaking to what's going on in Chicago, that's pretty good. Bizarre that that's not gonna make it on uh, MSNBC or CNN. Now, of course, I don't even have to look at the numbers. It was probably all black people shooting black people. Doesn't help the narrative. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm probably not. And uh, well, who does the mayor of Chicago blame? Well, wait, we got another John Kennedy? No.
4: Uh,
0: Oh, sorry. Uh, Who does the mayor of Chicago blame? for the problems of a Democrat run city for the last 80 years where everyone's getting shot, you're not gonna believe it and you are gonna believe it.
3: Well, it has to be better coordination. You know, what we've seen is a very raggedy form um, instituted by right wing extremism. Um, Everyone knows that the right wing extremism in this country has targeted democratically ran cities. And quite frankly, uh, they've been very intentional about going after democratically-ran cities that are led by people of color. And their whole motivation is to create disruption and chaos, because that's what this, that particular party has been about. Right? This is the same political party that did not want to accept that President Obama was actually an American. It's the same Republican right-wing extremism that stormed the Capitol. It's the same right-wing extremism that refuses to accept the results of the Civil War. It's raggedy. disrespectful it's mean-spirited it's an unclean spirit quite frankly and so so i got you i got you i just want to make sure that people understand what we're facing that's why it's so important that the faith community is leaning in in this moment
0: guys 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 it's not the 80 years of democrat rule in chicago and illinois it's not lori lightfoot before him it's not this guy it's not any of the economic conditions or what they've done with homeless or drugs or any of that stuff. They have all the laws, by the way, to stop people from getting guns, but people still get them one way or another, right? Because bad people do bad things. It's not any of that. It's that mean Republicans, these, these freaking Republicans keep talking about it. Why do they keep, they are just always focused on all of the black kids that are shot here. And if if you want to see how stupid the media is as it relates to all of this. This one just ramps the idiocy to an entirely new level. This is a tweet here from uh, the Wokeness account. So Deadspin, and Deadspin's just another one of these sites now like Rolling Stone or Vox or any any of these things. They just put out trash after trash after trash. Check this out. Deadspin published a hit piece on a little kid for wearing face paint on his team, of his team colors. They even used the camera angle to make it look like he was wearing blackface. So the kid's at a Chiefs football game, and it looks like, from the original picture that you can see there on the left, that he's in full-on uh, blackface. Uh, but of course, no, he's not in full-on blackface. He's in the traditional Chiefs colors, half and half. Uh, so apparently, at the game this week, now thousands of people are gonna put their faces in that paint. That, that's what I'm told, that's what, I, that's what I heard, to push back on this nonsense. And when I saw him in that uh, color, the colors, and and oh my God, he's in blackface. It reminded me of something from back in the day. Remember this? Yeah, that's Putty in Seinfeld, who was uh, going to the, uh, the Devils game back in around 94, Devils hockey, hockey game. Who's gonna win the Devils? Anyway, the guy who wrote the article that claimed that that kid who was not in blackface was in blackface, he's a quote-unquote journalist, his name is Karen J. Phillips, he tweeted out this, for the idiots in my mentions who are treating this as some harmless act because the other side of his face was painted red, I could make the argument that makes it even worse. Y'all are the ones who hate Mexicans but wear sombreros on Cinco, I think he means Cinco de Mayo, which is a great day to have a margarita. Does that make me a racist? Um, You see, these virtue signaling fools, I don't see any Mexican person out there offended by the, the red part, what are you saying? The red part of his face, the Indian part of his face, what are you even saying? But you know that this kid is not racist. The kid loves his freaking football team. But what they do is they find racism everywhere that it isn't. You know where they never find racism? Where it actually is. So now I take you to the televised mental institution known as MSNBC, where Joy Reid, and we have not played a clip of Joy Reid in quite some time. I'm gonna unbutton my jacket for this Joy Reid, so I'm ready to, when I when we come back, um, to give it my full emotion. Here is Joy Reid interviewing a Rutgers professor, so she must be very learned, Rutgers professor, um, about how Elon Musk is a Jew hater.
2: And so when we see Elon Musk there, and you're scratching your head and saying, "But wait a minute, I thought that he was actually, you know, has said very anti-Semitic things." It's precisely because these are not the same thing. You can support Israel and hate Jewish people, and that's and that's the the, the sad truth here is that yeah. many of us who are fighting to free Palestine are fighting for all people's freedom, including for Jewish liberation.
0: Woman's fighting for Jewish liberation by supporting Palestine. You can hate Jewish people, but support Israel. These people, does somebody, I wanna send one of you guys, maybe we'll put you guys in a costume. We're gonna send you over to them as NBC headquarters. And I want you to bring a, uh, I want you to just look around and I want you to see right before, you know, they get in the green room, they put their makeup on. Does someone hit them with a frying pan right before they get on camera? Like whack them with a cast iron frying pan and thus cause the brain damage that is on that network. Elon Musk is not an anti-Semite. If it wasn't for Elon Musk opening up Twitter, we would not have seen the the hundreds of videos, the horrific videos that people in Oakland pretend do not exist. And the reason they don't think they exist is because they're being censored on other uh, social media outlets. But if, if you're still a little confused at this point as to whether Elon Musk, who just went to Israel, went to the kibbutzes that were burned down, saw the video, the 47 minutes of video including a woman who was pregnant, who they literally sliced her stomach open and took the fetus out and let her die out in front of her. That is literal, he saw it for himself. Uh, here is Elon uh, talking about Hamas and uh, what they did.
1: It was jarring to see the scene of the massacre or one of the scenes of the massacres, um, as well as to see the short film afterwards uh, that uh, showed a, you know, more of, of uh, innocent people getting killed. I was troubling in that movie, especially to see the joy experienced by the people that were killing innocent civilians, including kids and you know babies and defenseless people, essentially. So um, you know it's it's one thing if obviously if if civilians die accidentally, um, but if it's another thing to revel in the joy of killing civilians, but that's not you know that's frankly that's evil.
0: Yeah, that is evil. And that's the guy they're telling you is the number one anti-Semite. That's the one that for the last, how many how many shows have I done about Elon Musk in the last year plus since he got Twitter, which was right around, what was it, about October last year. So he's had it for about 14 months, something like that. How many episodes have we done on this of the mainstream media absolutely lying about him because he's competition now? How many shows have we done about Joe Rogan because he's competition now? Nobody in their right mind thinks that Elon Musk is an anti-Semite. You wanna find some anti-Semites? Go to the New York Times. You wanna find some anti-Semites? Turn on MSNBC, say hi to Andrea Mitchell. You wanna find some anti-Semites? Go to Oakland and listen to these people again.
4: There's not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous, racist, and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat. I support the right of Palestinians to resist occupation, including through Hamas, the armed
2: wing of the unified Palestinian resistance. As an Arab, asking with this context to condemn Hamas is very anti-Arab racist.
0: Yeah, you can find anti-Semites, you just have to look. Anywho, I'd like to end today's program uh, by talking about what will happen to this country if we do not become serious. That was me speaking a little more slowly, like Douglas Murray right there. If we don't start becoming a serious country, if we don't start defending our borders, making sure that the politicians like Miguel Cardona, the Secretary of Education, who lie to our faces, are not just completely removed, making sure that, I don't know, people with dementia aren't the president of the United States, making sure that evil psychopaths like Gavin Newsom are not the potential successor to the guy with dementia. All of these things, if we don't do this, then it will all just get worse. And you might look around and go, ah, America's pretty screwy, but guess what, guys? It could get a hell of a lot worse because good, liberal, wise, pluralistic societies often go down the tubes. Uh, here's a little something that i did with dennis prager uh, a couple months back in los angeles i worry about the future of the world but i worry about the nature of the world how, how do you you've got a couple years on me. how do you where do you oh, put, not where not even do a you ma- put that no, in life you, it's just with you all the time right
1: this i knew at a very early age the most cultured country in the world built Auschwitz. There's this old question, how did the people who gave us Beethoven and Bach give us Auschwitz? It's an interesting question, but it's, it's somewhat of a non sequitur. Why, why does having Bach and Beethoven inoculate you against being, com, becoming evil? The ease with which a civilization can turn morally, that's what Germany taught. And I see that happening in the United
0: States. The German people, and not all of them were evil before the Nazis, There were good people that became evil, right? The German people fell for the belief that Adolf Hitler, that the Nazi party was gonna help all of them and save all of them them and stop all of their problems. And if only they could get rid of them, then things would be better. So when they tell you they're from the government and they're here to help, oh, that they are not. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be live with people of the internet. I'm solo today. Isabel is off to New Zealand for about a week. Uh, she's doing a speaking gig there, so I am solo, just with you guys. If you want to get your questions in, go to rubinreport.locals.com. I can talk to you live. Reminder: We have a new uh, account on Twitter at Show, where we, that's where we're going to post all the show clips. My own personal Twitter will be my thoughts and all that stuff. And uh, we leave you with more from Biden, because we mostly hit Newsom on today's show. But here's a, here's a little more from Biden. Adios.
1: I keep telling everybody, ask why I pay so much attention to the Latino community. 26 out of every 100 students in our schools, kindergarten through 12th grade, speak Spanish. If we don't pay attention, we're crazy. We're a nation built on diversity. And uh, anyway, but I have no problem.